1: Hello, and welcome to the Sky U podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away, you fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hello, hello. Steve, Zips of Akron.
2: The Gophers are technically on a basketball winning streak. And you street. Hey, y'all. So, COVID
1: bad. Is is my is my initial takeaway to share. I, I'm sure that's, you know, that's a very in-depth and nuanced take on the situation the world is facing right now. But besides all the normal reasons that COVID is bad, you know, it's an infectious disease that has caused a worldwide pandemic that has basically altered all of our lives in myriad ways, it has now officially struck gopher football, and it has struck gopher football during second hate week. Um, in case you have not been paying attention by the time you listen to this, the Minnesota Gophers have canceled their game this Saturday against the Wisconsin Badgers. uh, And it does not appear as though they will make up that game. Obviously, there were no bye weeks, uh, but uh, any potential maybe use that funky championship weekend game to make it up doesn't sound like that's going to happen. So um, first, I guess, Is anyone shocked? No. Okay. No one's shocked. We were all pretty much assuming this was going to happen. I guess the next question becomes, well, first, I guess, uh, how are we all taking it? Street, uh, I'm going to go to you first.
3: I've been told in the past that my pessimistic takes on this blog relating to playing football during a pandemic have not been well received by people. Uh, my take is is pretty simple, which is that everyone who currently has COVID and or other injuries recovers and becomes as healthy as possible as quickly as possible with no long-term effects. That's the primary point because that's the problem of playing in a pandemic. For the Gopher football team, it also seems like in some sense this is the second wave. That COVID has hit. Obviously, PJ Fleck is notorious for not releasing anything about injuries. But through the grapevine, and based on who started to play when they started to play, it seems that you know we might call week one. There were no special teams starters because all of them either had COVID, were contact tracing, or you know one was injured. That kind of thing suggests that the teams hit this wave kind of multiple times. So multiple people got COVID. Rashad Bateman corrects had a COVID diagnosis in the summer.
1: That's correct. And he confirmed that to the media. So we know that is a full stop. He had COVID.
3: So this, that's the the thing that's first and foremost. Secondly, it is of course disappointing from a football related perspective that the longest running game uh, that anyone cares about is not going to be played this year. It is unfortunate that Minnesota and Wisconsin are not playing football. Uh, gonna be honest i per i will never ever predict a minnesota loss to wisconsin but on pure football terms can't say i'm too sad to not see the game this year that would be my general reaction
1: it probably wasn't gonna be great uh also if i recall during our you know just preseason bantering um I think you pretty much predicted one or both of the teams would have COVID issues by the time we got to the Wisconsin game, didn't you?
3: That is correct. I very much did say that. Admittedly, as Andy will happily note, uh, to correct if I say this wrong, I thought the problem would be on the Wisconsin side, because at the point of time, Wisconsin was on fire. Uh, That's still the case. It just means that, unfortunately, Minnesota is also on fire. And some of what we are seeing, it's not just... Minnesota by the way it hasn't been talked about particularly in the news but Illinois and Indiana are on fire now the entirety of the upper midwest is that's not going to go away anytime soon regardless of the level of micromanaging for athletes uh, who again you know aren't getting paid to do this uh, but for for them they can be doing absolutely everything right but if other people are doing things wrong a airborne respiratory infection doesn't really care who you are that's going to that's going to continue it's going to have some strong implications for the big 10 standings currently unless uh, something radically changes for the negative in terms of the health environment wisconsin is now knocked out of the of the big 10 west race so you know i guess chalk that up as a win (laughs) On some level, assuming Northwestern beats Michigan State this weekend, Northwestern becomes the Big Ten West champions. And that is in part due to the fact that Minnesota and Wisconsin are not going to play, which means Wisconsin's out for the rest of the year. So there are certainly some football implications that are associated with it. I would bet have bet a fair amount of money that if Minnesota and Wisconsin were playing this week, that, well, Wisconsin would still be in the Big Ten West hunt. Let's put it that way. Andy
1: um i mean your thoughts do you, i mean i'm not sure i understand why they aren't able to reschedule into week 9 are you have any opinions on what's going on there
0: yeah i guess i won't i won't rule it out um you know it it it's going to come down to the big 10 scheduling overlords which as we've found out this year means not a whole lot. They've been fairly strict about this is what we're doing and and this is the plan. So, um trying to get a little flexibility in there may happen, may not. Um you know, everybody's assuming that it's not going to be rescheduled based on the the quote in the Minnesota press release where they basically said, "Well, based on the Big 10 guidelines, this game will be not rescheduled," which has been the case for every single COVID canceled game this year in the Big 10. So, I do I do think they're you know if there's enough strong enough lobbying i do think there's a potential chance that the game might be able to get replayed uh especially if if people start you know hitting up the historical nature of the fact of this is the longest running consecutive uh d1 rivalry in the country being played you know, they they played every single year since 1906 and 1906 is the only year they've missed going back to 1890 so um you know there's definitely a historic aspect to that uh, that I think the Big Ten would love to be able to keep alive, but it's going to take some some thinking outside the box uh, for that to happen, which, let's be honest, hasn't really been the Big Ten's strong suit uh, so far this fall. You know, it, it, it is disappointed. I mean, as as Street alluded to, I mean, I think Wisconsin was a 20 or 21 point favorite before the game was canceled, so it probably was not going to end well for Minnesota to begin with. Um, but it is, it, you know, it's, it's still the X game. It's a big game. So it's, it's a little disappointed that it, it won't be getting played, but, uh, you know, I, it, for Minnesota's sake, I'll be, I'll be very curious when this season is all done and some people can do a little bit of digging, see the postmortem on what's going on with the big 10 testing, because everybody was saying, you know, if the testing's done correctly, the antigen testing that they should be able to catch these outbreaks before they spread and and basically turn an entire team into a, into a firestorm. We've now seen three different teams in the Big Ten go from a couple cases to double digits in less than a week, and so something is not quite right here. Um, you know, and 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 John Krasinski of the Athletic sort of alluded to that in a tweet uh, after uh, after the Gophers game on Friday basically saying he, he's hearing some things, you know, he, he's not really ready to say, but he's hearing some things from people hearsay-wise that something's not quite right with the testing, whether that's they're not testing at the frequency they were supposed to be, or the tests aren't as accurate as they need to be, or, you know, any, any other number of possible things. Basically, what was originally planned and projected out by the Big Ten isn't quite happening. And, and we've got now three schools that have evidence of what should have been stopped after one or two cases not having worked. So we still got three weeks to go, four weeks to go. So I, I to be perfectly honest, I, I have a feeling this probably won't be the last as we go into the next couple of weeks of the season. So
2: are you telling me that with all of the pull that everyone says Barry Alvarez has, that if Wisconsin ends up one game short of being able to maybe go to the Big Ten championship, that this game does not get rescheduled?
0: Well, even if it does get rescheduled, it's going to get rescheduled for Big Ten Championship Week. Fair. So it, it won't it won't matter. They'll Minnesota and Wisconsin. If it if it gets rescheduled, it will happen Week Nine when Minnesota and Wisconsin will be playing as a as a pregame appetizer to Northwestern Ooh, Ohio State. It could be the Navy. new the new Army Navy
3: game. Yeah, probably because the Army Navy game is going to be canceled due to COVID related questions.
0: I mean it, it it it's it's not good out there. I mean, we already are up to I think I've already seen I think we're already up to 9 games in in the nation already postponed and it's only Tuesday. So, um I, they set the record last week, let's be honest, you know, we saw at least five games drop on, on Friday last week due to last-minute testing issues. So um, this is going to be a thing that college football is going to be dealing with the rest of the year, and uh, as we can probably allude to when we start talking a little bit of here about basketball, it's already been a major issue in college basketball, and they haven't even started their damn season yet. All
1: right, well, we'll get to the, the rolling mess that is college basketball in a minute. I guess my question is, is there any shot that Minnesota plays against Northwestern in 10 days? I mean, my assumption is no. If they're out, the number of players they're out right now, the COVID protocols for the Big Ten basically automatically acts Northwestern unless I, let's, excuse me, unless I, I misunderstand things.
3: Let's suppose, for the sake of argument, that Minnesota very much does want to play, which I think is a fair point. The question is to whether or not they can play against Northwestern, and I can only answer this because I have badgered basically everyone else on this call many times to try and understand these protocols, is it depends desperately on when the rolling averages start and how many people are in the rolling average. So it may be possible that in 10 days Minnesota can play precisely because the reason why they hit the limit is they got unlucky, as it were, in terms of when they got positive tests, such that certain numbers of people were still very much during the 21-day window, and those people would come out for the Northwestern game. Given that it does not appear to be the case, though I will say it's not clear to me about this, but it doesn't appear to be the case that if you have other injuries, that plus COVID matters, it's just COVID, the Gophers could play in 10 days if that's the case. It strikes me as unlikely, given that they hit and paused all activity, and I would imagine Andy's point about the testing, the big problem for the tests has been just a huge spate of false negatives. The testing, if we believe nothing nefarious is going on, which I think is a reasonable assumption, as conspiracy-minded as I'd like to be, right now the false negatives are just simply way too high. So you couple the false negative problem and got a lot of people testing positive later than they probably should be testing positive in terms of when they actually would have, uh, even if asymptomatic would have things that you could pick up on a test, it strikes me as unlikely they're going to play in 10 days. Even if everyone really wants to, because I would imagine that shutting down activities will indicate that in the next couple of days, they'll have a few more people pop
1: Yeah. That's kind of my assumption that, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's exactly what's played out for played out for Wisconsin and seems to be playing out for Maryland is you get that number, you know, and then more, more come later. So also playing out literally in the rest of the United States too, but
0: yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're, they're literally right now. I mean, if you wanted to look technically number wise, they're pretty much almost exactly on the Wisconsin uh, timeline. I mean, I, I, I'm, obviously we, we just got one set of numbers that was released from the U of M today. But if you, if you look at that, I think they are pretty much in the orange red category where in theory, all things considered, they wouldn't have been, you know, completely shut down by the big 10, but they, they voluntarily said, Hey, we got a problem. We got to take care of this just like Wisconsin did. And now we'll basically be, as we said, looking at numbers, trying to see whether they have enough to get back for, for next week. Um, you know, worst case scenario, you hope you don't become, you know, something as bad as say Arizona state, which they've announced that they're not playing again this week. That's now three games they've lost. Um, you know, so far in the big 10, it's been, it's been two with two for Wisconsin, two for Maryland. So, um, you know, I think realistically Northwestern game is probably in, in serious jeopardy. Uh, but you hope that they can get things all squared away and figured out and, uh, for, for Nebraska but then again the question will be is when when we start getting when do people get cleared uh, I think PJ Fleck at his radio show said uh, they had a couple people both test positive right before the game on Friday and they also supposedly had some that came back positive right after the game on Saturday. so you know if you're looking at, at that and you're looking out three weeks um, you know either way you might be playing Nebraska in three weeks with a fairly limited lineup.
1: This is a trash fire of a season. There's no way around it. We've got trash fire in the basketball world as well. Uh, We'll just have to assume for now that maybe basketball will happen because I, I would like to turn it over to Steve and try to get a preview of of what uh, things look like for our basketball team. And if it doesn't happen, I don't want your effort to go to waste. So we're just going to cross our fingers and hope some shooty hoops actually get played. And what should we be looking for uh, personnel-wise um, from from the Gophers?
2: Yeah, because we need the, uh, the reprieve, right? The Gophers are, are technically on a two-game winning streak. You don't see that happen very often um, over the off season. But if you remember last year, they beat Nebraska and they beat Northwestern. And now they got Green Bay coming to town tomorrow for the season opener as it were a lot of things happen over the offseason as Richard Pitino likes to do he went to the transfer wire and prayed to the college basketball gods and uh, I know it's unusual around here but the Gophers landed their entire wish list they got Brandon Johnson grad transfer from Western Michigan who's going to be down on the block they got Booth Gotch from Utah, transfer granted immediate eligibility. He's an Austin, Minnesota native. Go spam! Um, and then they got <laughs> Liam Robbins from Drake, another transfer. He's going to be a junior, immediate eligibility. And all together, those guys represent three of the five starters, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. That they got that much um, firepower from the from the transfer wire. But also goes to show you just how much they um, they gained um, and how it's going to change their fortunes. Because you don't land any of those guys, um, you're looking at a pretty thin roster. But now you got all three, all of a sudden maybe you're looking at a um, you know, top ten finish in the Big Ten, if, 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 if things land right. Um, you lost Daniel Oturu, obviously, to the NBA draft, um, leaving a big hole down low. And the fact that they get um, Liam Robbins down there, who was fifth in the nation last year in block shots. Um, he was second team all Missouri Valley last year, seven footer. Um, just really hard to overstate how um, how important getting him was for this year's prospects. So uh, let's not forget the returners, though, uh, starting lineup wise. You got Marcus Carr, who is now preseason first team all Big Ten. He tested the NBA draft waters, decided to come back. He's going to be awesome. Um, and you got Gabe Kausher, who was, it looked like he took a little bit of a step back last year, still was a really good three point shooter, but wasn't, didn't have that freshman magic, a little bit of sophomore slump. Um, but really hoping that he can get back on track because you take those five guys, um, you've got a pretty decent team. And I, I know Alex has some thoughts as well, but I am feeling a little up. Op- I, I feel like the Gophers are a little underrated coming into this, coming into this year. I know they underperformed last year. They had a really bad February um, and let things get a, get out of hand. But personnel wise, they got a lot of veterans and they've got a team that, frankly, can do a lot of things across the board.
1: Street, how are you feeling coming into the season? Separate from COVID, ignore the COVID.
3: <laughs> yeah, don't 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 want to bring bring down the the podcast any more than it already has. I would agree with Steve entirely. I think the starting five is really good. I am quite bullish on Isaiah Enan. I think the getting uh, Brandon Johnson getting something back from Eric Curry and all of a sudden the main problem that Minnesota had last year, which was a no depth in the front court goes away and they have a plethora of depth. That would be nice. I would imagine looking for the season to me, the biggest question is honestly going to be, can they make wide open shots? Because, I don't remember how many times last year, but if you look at all of the Gophers' losses, I would say 90-ish percent of them, the recaps went something as follows. Minnesota played all right on defense, could not make wide open shots, lose by 12. They have a lot of returners. They have a lot of players who should be able to shoot the ball. They have the chance to potentially have a couple of different all Big Ten players in that lineup. If you think that Liam Robbins is as good as Liam Robbins supposedly could be, Marcus Carr, uh, and then Booth Gotch, who was excellent at Utah and could easily be a All Big Ten kind of performer, well, if you have three light, you know, potential—not likely—three potential All Big Ten players in your starting five, that team should be pretty good. And they're currently what eleventh or twelfth picked in the conference.
1: That sounds yep. right.
3: So I would agree with Steve that at least on paper, the team's underrated. In a different universe, so a universe in which COVID was not a thing, given the way that Richard Pitino's contract is structured, I would make the same point that I made uh, two years ago, I think, which was uh, Patino should make the NCAA tournament or they should move on. And I say that as someone who quite likes Richard Pitino. That's how I would feel about this team this year in a non-COVID world. In a COVID world, who knows? I mean, very practically, who knows, because players might not be able to play, you could see games getting cancelled, you already have seen expected games getting cancelled, tournaments getting reshuffled around, but also, if... COVID strikes a team at some point it's not just taking players out that's certainly a problem it's also ruining practices and so teams will just not have the ability to you know grow during the season in the way they might otherwise if COVID hits a team and that's something that can't be predicted but given that Minnesota in general is on fire it wouldn't strike me, unfortunately, as surprising that the team would undergo one, if not multiple COVID scares during the year. And that's not something I think you can blame or put on a coach.
1: Well, so COVID's also messing with the schedule. Obviously this, the non-conference schedule is completely different than what we would have expected. Otherwise um, you know, the big 10 schedule is going to be kind of a, an interesting go. Um, clustering, clustering things together is, you know, seemingly part of the plan and it's leading to some weirdness. And Andy, can you describe a little bit how the clustering is supposed to work?
0: Well, at least, you know, for, for Minnesota, um, you know, you're seeing a lot of uh, non-conference games except for the, the Big Ten ACC challenge and, and the, uh, well, the multi-team event, which is now a a, a two-team event. Uh, a lot of you know bussable teams. We're playing a lot of uh, you know St. Louis, and you've got Kansas City on there, and, and things like that. So you've got you know local teams. Um, you know when it comes to Big Ten schedule wise, um, you know it, it's a pretty standard Big Ten schedule to be honest. They just have a few collapsible uh, collapsible buys in there, so the, the teams should be able to make up games relatively easy if they need be. Um, the the one really. Cluster that's sort of been for the Minnesota Gophers non conference schedule would be sort of their, their trip through the multi team event universe. Uh, originally, they were supposed to open and at the Hall of Fame tip off classic out at uh, Mohican Sun out in Connecticut. Um, they were uh, in that for a while and then they eventually opted out of that probably in September. Um, and then they looked to try and set up their own multi-team event at Williams Arena, and um, while it wasn't officially announced, it was pretty much rumored that uh, Loyola Marymount and Eastern Washington were booked were, for that, and they were looking for a fourth team, and then they never really found a fourth team, and then apparently Eastern Washington dropped out, because um, they didn't want to travel or, or COVID testing or anything, it's tough to tell nowadays. So then it was pretty much announced and assumed that North Dakota State was going to be joining the multi-team event. In fact, they had actually at one point I think um the the university hadn't officially put it on the schedule, but North Dakota State had put it out in their early schedule that the the Gophers and the Bison were supposed to be playing um in the in the second day of the multi-team event. Well, apparently when minnesota announced the actual final schedule for their multi-team event uh this afternoon uh now they're just playing a doubleheader over three days against loyal to marymount uh they're playing loyal to marymount this saturday at 5 p.m and then they're coming back and playing them again on monday um the reason for that is apparently under the new tighter covid restrictions for the state of minnesota there is a requirement that states that if you're going to play more than one game in an, over a three-day period it has to be against the same team which is why hockey can get away with it because obviously they're playing series against the same team so apparently under the new minnesota covid rules ndsu is out and a pair of games against loyola marymount is now in
2: man think about uh, the last time you saw in college basketball non-conference back-to-back games against the same opponent. I mean, you you might see it once in a while by accident in conference season, um, or at least if you're flipping over from the regular season to the Big Ten tournament or something like that. But, man, I can't even think of any examples where you faced off against a non-con opponent in back-to-back games. It should be really interesting to see, even though it's a Loyola Marymount-type opponent.
1: Yeah, it, does, it doesn't happen. Even in uh... – I'm trying to think if I ever saw it happen in a lower division where you're, you know, doing the weird bus schedules and stuff. But even then, you're always getting a second. I suppose the closest it could be is if you're in a league that plays, you know, D3 league that plays weekend games, and your road swing to, you know, your final game on a road swing weekend was against Team you know, A, and then Team A made their road swing up to you the following weekend. But outside of that, that's... That's it. That's the only thing I can think of, and certainly nothing at the Power 5 level. All right. Well, okay. Again, COVID, we're pretending it doesn't exist for this question. It sounds like we're more optimistic than we would have been a couple months ago over the off season. Does that seem fair?
2: Yeah. I mean, the the non-conference schedule is kind of truncated just from what's been happening, but it's nothing to really write home about. they Get Green Bay, North Dakota, Loyola Marymount a couple times, UMKC, fighting Kangaroos, um, and then Boston College, who I think if you terms, in terms of scheduling the ACC Big Ten opponents, I feel like because um, Boston College is a bad ACC team that the Gophers um, were scheduled back before they got all their transfers to come along. Um, but they also get St. Louis, who is out of the Atlantic Ten. Um, and they're looking pretty good this year. Uh, they um they had um a guy by the name of jordan goodwin who is you know plastered across the country on uh lots of watch lists the jerry west award which awards the top shooting guard um, and he's even a preseason a10 player of the year candidate so he gave Obi Toppin a run for his money last year um but in terms of the big 10 schedule um boy they get off to a really really brutal start their first eight games are against teams who are in the top 25 currently, um, including Illinois, Iowa, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan, um, some of the usual suspects. But, man, that is a that is a tough kickoff to the Big Ten season. And I'd like to say you'll know who the Gophers are going to be in pretty short order, but when you're stacked up against that those types of opponents, um, man, you really just hope to come, a, come away with a couple wins, uh, maybe three. But um, – it's Big Ten's good this year. There's nowhere to hide unless you're playing Nebraska, maybe Northwestern, um, and they only get each of those teams once each. Uh, and, I, and they also get Penn State once, um, who are now without Pat Chambers. So Gopher's going to be going through the grinder all season, um, if we have a season that is. But at first glance, schedule is not really doing them any favors.
1: Street, I guess the question I'd pose to you, since predictions are inherently difficult right now, is to just take a a stab at, assuming everything happens, there isn't a lot of COVID weirdness, just some whatever, uh, does Minnesota have what it takes to be an upper half of the Big Ten team?
3: Uh, Yes, absolutely. In the sense, as I said earlier, that in a non-COVID season, looking at what this team has on paper, who they returned from last year the depth they have absolutely they're on paper a team that you'd expect to make the ncaa tournament and i think any team you expect to make the ncaa tournament you would expect to finish upper half in the big Ten.
1: fair enough all right so uh women the women have also released their schedule um andy an extremely truncated non-conference for the women
0: yeah, you know, that was the one thing that uh, was sort of weird to see is as the women released their non-conference schedule on Monday, um, and they are only going to be playing two non-conference games. Uh, the Big Ten did up the total of conference games to 20 this year um, and allowed uh, conference schools to play up to five non-conference games, but Minnesota is only playing two. Um no official reason for that but the the scuttlebutt around is that um that the women's team has been shut down due to COVID as well and so uh instead of trying to get a game here a couple games this week they've only been back fully at practice since late last week or, or this weekend um so they're nowhere near in game shape so uh whether there were games at one point that were scheduled and got got canceled or whether they just never actually officially got canceled uh they won't open their their non-conference season until december 2nd uh and i think they play uh two bustable teams i believe it's uh eastern illinois in one of them and then drake in in the second one before uh they play a 20 game big 10 season so um you know they, they return uh several quality sophomores sarah scalia the stillwater native is back uh Jasmine Russell was a uh the freshman point guard from, from Ohio. Um she looked pretty good at times towards the end of the season. They've got a, a couple of transfers and a couple of freshmen that uh may step in and play a play a larger role. So we'll have some more stuff on that uh in the blog coming up here in the next week or so. But uh it's uh it could be an interesting year for the Gopher women.
1: All right. Well, hockey. Um, unfortunately, Blake was not able to join us this week, which means you'll all have to wait one more week for Blake asks, ask, asks, a hockey question, our new bet, uh, to get Blake through the rest of this year. Um, the men have started off strong, uh, three and zero uh, sweep of Penn state won their first against Ohio state last night. And, Andy, if I – I mean, I haven't looked at Twitter in a little bit, but they were up 1-0 uh, when I last looked over Ohio State tonight. Is that still true?
0: Yes. Uh, we've got about 30 seconds left in the second period as we are right now, and it's still one nothing Gophers. Um, you know, uh, they've, they've looked pretty good. Uh, Jack LaFontaine in net for Minnesota has been – Pretty damn spectacular through the first three and two thirds games. Um, he's he's only allowed two goals in the in the second Penn State game. Otherwise, he's allowed one in the first Penn State game, one against Ohio State, and and you know zero through two periods here. Um, he stopped a shorthanded breakaway this evening already too. So that's been really nice. Uh, you know, we came into the seasons assuming that he and Jared moe are going to be splitting the duties, but it sure looks like Lafontaine has stepped up and is. Uh, Taking taken over the number one job um scott reedy who led the team in goals last year with 15 already has three on the season so far um the gophers have looked good on special teams power plays looked alive penalty kill is i think perfect so far through the season they've not allowed a, a power play goal yet um so no it's, it's been great we're, we're starting out with the uh with the negative at the beginning of the podcast and ending it with the positive but uh you know it's been a weird weird schedule minnesota played Thursday, Friday against Penn State, and then come back real quick on a short-term around play Monday, Tuesday. They they usually never do that, um, so it's uh, it's been good. And if Minnesota can hang on tonight and get a get another win, start out the season four and zero. They get a nice little break over over Thanksgiving. Don't have to play this weekend, uh, and then they head out to Michigan next week to play. Uh, start uh, with the series. I believe it's uh, Thursday, Friday at Michigan State, and then coming back the following tuesday wednesday against michigan so um so far so good for for the gopher hockey program it looks like uh when when the coaches predicted them to finish first in the big 10 they uh, knew what they were talking about because the gophers have definitely looked like a first place team thus far
1: we are a hockey block that's what we said last week we so far we get to stick with it uh women split against ohio state is that uh correct
0: yep they opened up the season they're uh Women's hockey has been really transformed by by COVID. Um, the Ivy League uh, not participating uh, knocked out two of the top teams in the country: Cornell, who was ranked number two in the preseason poll, and Princeton, who was number five or number six. So really, uh, the WCHA is it, except for Northeastern, who by the way is also on a two-week COVID shutdown. Um, you know, Wisconsin's number one in the country, Minnesota's number three, Ohio State's number four. Uh, the Gophers got off to a really good start, getting a, a 4 nothing win. First game on Saturday, uh, Grace Zumwinkle with a pair of goals, and Lauren Bench, the uh, the senior grad transfer from Bemidji State, uh, got a shutout in her first game with the Gophers. Game two, they looked a little slow, uh, went down 2-1 after the first period, and they tried battling back, but uh, just couldn't get a goal past the, the Buckeyes. So, um, you know one and one start but again when you're splitting with what is number four team in the country when you're the number three team in the country you can live with that uh they get a little bit easier weekend they head up to uh, minnesota duluth this weekend um but umd is ranked seventh in the country again with all the eastern schools out so the WCHA is pretty much going to be dominating the national rankings all season um and it doesn't get easier from there after after umd they come home and and host wisconsin for a pair before heading out to columbus to, to end 2020 so uh you know the Gophers just need to sort of hold serve here and try and uh, try and split every weekend from uh, from here on out till they get to twenty twenty one in the much easier portion of the schedule.
1: Well, normally we do predictions right about now. Um, we don't really have much to predict. Does anyone have something they want to throw out as our our prediction topic for the week?
2: Yeah, Chris, why don't we have you predict the uh, score of the Minnesota versus Green Bay basketball game tomorrow?
1: This is football predictions time, not basketball. We're not there yet. Fine. It's a good point. It's a good point. I'm in my groove, my football groove. Uh, all right. I have no idea. Uh, I'm going to say 72-58 Minnesota. Andy, how about you?
0: Ditka 72, Phoenix 3.
3: I actually don't think that's a bad prediction for the basketball game. So I'll go with that one too.
1: It's 72-3,
3: that's your prediction. Well, no, it's 70-58. I sort of a 12-point <laughs> kind of a 12-point win. I think is is practically, I mean, the same thing that I hope for in the preseason I will predict, which is that Minnesota wins and no one gets injured
1: i mean i i uh I had to ask because you know your football bid is ninety one ninety so it's it's absurd scores have come out of your mouth.
3: Before. I am often here for the shootout, but in in this case, my only predictions for for football is a, is a prediction of hope, which is that everyone who is currently afflicted with various injuries or illnesses gets better as quickly as possible
2: all
1: right, Steve, what you got
2: Let's see uh Gophers are 18 and a half point favorites on the Vegas line. I'll take a Gophers 91 to 71. You think they're going to come out that hot? They've done it before and they've let us down.
1: (laughs) All right. So uh, that's your appetizer for your Thanksgiving folks. Gophers Green Bay tomorrow night. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, this is a weird time. So as always be safe. Wash your hands, social distance, wear your mask. Go gophers. Skyuma. Row the boat.